Hello, everybody, and welcome to We Are Tech Britannia. And we're here talking to some of the teams down in Cornwall at the moment, which is in parallel with the G7. But of course, we think this is much more important from a technology perspective. And I'm delighted to be joined here by John Roth from Sierra Space and Ross Hulbert from Spaceport Cornwall. Hello, gentlemen. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having us. Hi, very welcome. And I should also say that I am Rose Ross from Tech Britannia, because otherwise you might be wondering if you don't know who I, I am. So tell us a little bit about why you guys are down together at the moment uh, and what's actually been happening. John, would you perhaps like to tell us a little bit about Sierra Space and how is a gentleman from the States ending up in, in, in beautiful Cornwall today? All right, be happy to do that. So Sierra Space. Uh, officially became a company just a week ago, but we are a spinoff of a company called Sierra Nevada Corporation, which has been in business for many, many years. And the company, Sierra Nevada, decided to take its entire space group, which is over a thousand employees, and carve out a brand new commercial space company, uh, which we are going to be, and we're called Sierra Space. So we're very excited. Uh, we're not only over here in, in Cornwall, which is my first international trip and I think a year and a half. Uh, but we are starting off as a new company, and we're dedicated to commercializing uh, low Earth orbit and and uh, having a lot more commercial activity going on in space. And so, looking at the we partnered with the spaceport here, and and what we're celebrating is a memorandum of understanding that we put in place to be able to land our Dream Chaser space plane, which will be used for servicing the International Space Station. We're under contract to NASA for missions, uh, cargo missions to the International Space Station. And we're, we're working with Cornwall to license the spaceport here to be able to land our vehicle. Fantastic. That's very exciting. Well, welcome to Cornwall. Welcome to the UK. Uh, and Ross, perhaps you can tell us, that for people who perhaps aren't familiar, that there's something very exciting space-wise happening in Cornwall. What is the spaceport Cornwall? And, and, and you know, and, and tell us a little bit about why this relationship, this memorandum of understanding is important yeah, to sure. um, yeah. the UK and for Cornwall. So, yeah, I'm, my name is Ross Holbert. I'm the business development manager for Spaceport Cornwall. And for those who don't know, um, Cornwall's got a long heritage in space. So Goonhilly Earth Station has been around since the very beginning and the very, you know, broadcasting the very first moon landings. Um, and we came out of Cornwall Airport, Newquay, in about 2015, 2016. We're a passenger services airport. And the UK government were looking to identify locations that could be spaceports. Um, and we didn't know much about that. And Goon Hilly were very enthusiastic on our behalf and telling us that this is something that we should seriously consider. And the principal thing that qualified us to be considered was, was the length of the runway. Because although we are a passenger airport, we're also the site of RF St. Morgan. And the runway is 2,733 metres long, which is an amazing asset to have. So we started this long process, really from scratch, as far as our knowledge of the space sector. Um, and we went through the various qualifying hurdles with the UK Space Agency and the UK government. And then in 2019, we were finally fully funded and approved. Uh, so we are the UK's horizontal launch spaceport for satellite launch, so putting satellites into low Earth orbit for missions from any of things such as Earth observation and remote sensing, environmental intelligence. And that's why we're here at the moment in Falmouth as part of the G7, showcasing all of the amazing opportunities satellite data has to increase our awareness of the environment. 
Um, and initially, we our launch partner was Virgin Orbit, so and they will launch out of the spaceport early next year, which will be the first time the UK has ever launched anything into orbit from UK soil. But our ambition is always to be to, um, to be a multi-user spaceport. So the the partnership that we've announced here today with Sierra Space is really exciting because it makes good on that that promise. So even before Virgin Orbit launched for the first time. We're having, already having meaningful discussions with other launch operators such as Sierra Space. And we're already having lots of exciting conversations about what we hope will be return missions to Cornwall in the future, but also they're really um, influencing the sort of things that we're doing on the ground right now. So it's really exciting and we're pleased to be able to announce it. Fantastic. So this relationship is the culmination of two years of conversation. Um, so, you know, you guys must be delighted for the, you know, the ink to be finally drying on this and for you to be seeing those um, those benefits. And so it'd be really great to understand. So we're talking, Ross, you talked about the only horizontal launch. So actually having a runway. So as we would understand it, like a, like a plane, as we've all obviously been on and, and John has recently just been on. But can you, John, perhaps tell us a little bit about Dream Chaser? Because it's kind of an interesting, um, it's a very interesting craft, actually, because it doesn't just take off horizontally, does it? No. So the Dream Chaser uh, is an orbital vehicle. So mm -hmm. as opposed to, to going up and coming back down or going up and launching a, a satellite like Virgin Orbit will do, we actually take the whole vehicle into orbit to go up to the International Space Station, at least our first missions will be to the International Space Station. But we launch uh, vertically on a rocket. Uh, our first mission will be launching on a Vulcan rocket, which is United Launch Alliance uh, rocket in the United States. But uh, we can land, we have the ability to land really at, at any licensed runway. And so the challenge is to begin the process of getting runways licensed to be able to land our space plane. And we have uh, a couple of landing sites in the U.S. that we're working on. Uh, the first one will be the shuttle landing facility at Kennedy, uh, which mm -hmm. is where we're landing our NASA missions. We're also working with Huntsville, Alabama, uh, to get their airport license to be able to land Dream Chaser in Huntsville. But Cornwall will be our first international location where we are going to move forward, hopefully, with a whole licensing process to get it licensed to land our vehicle. Fantastic. So it's very exciting. And when Ross and I were chatting um, earlier, Ross, you were talking a little bit about how the relationship with Sierra had started to influence how the spaceport was developing. And that had actually, that had been ongoing before, obviously, the, the official relationship was, was signed, sealed and delivered. Perhaps you two could both talk a little bit about what, you know, what you guys are doing at Sierra that is influencing how the space historically and in, into the future? Yeah, sure. Well, if I start with our point of view from Spaceport Cornwall, and it probably overlaps with um, what John will say about Dream Chase, but from our point of view, we want to provide an operationally capable site. So the first and foremost qualifying thing that you can do is for Dream Chasers to land on the runway and have a lot, enough tarmac to not to fall off at the other end before mm -hmm. it stops. But that Sounds is like a great plan there, Ross. I'm liking <laughs> exactly. that one. That's so, very basic, but it's really, really powerful and compelling story yeah. that you're telling so, me. You know, we've got to be safe. So, that's, so we qualified that. We could do that. But then from both Sierra Space's point of view and our point of view, we want to see more than that. There's, you know, it, it's an exciting looking spacecraft. It will inspire, you know, anyone that would come down to, you know, looking through their binoculars to come and spot it would be very impressed. 
But as far as an economic opportunity based in the UK and for Cornwall, we need to ensure that we can take those valuable payloads and scientific experiments that are on Dreamchaser off and do something with them at the spaceport. And that's when we can involve the rest of our partners and universities and research organizations and invest in laboratories. And, and that's what Sierra Space has been so um, inherent in helping us with, is to, is to ensure that we, it doesn't just sit on the end of the runway waiting for someone to come and load it onto a, a lorry and take it away. So it's not just being whisked away. So, yeah, so that sounds very exciting. John, can you elaborate perhaps a little bit on your requirements and, and why this is such a great fit for you guys? Yes, absolutely. I'll tell you, there's there's multiple things we look at in order to decide whether we think a landing site is going to be a, a good thing uh, for our vehicle. Uh, one, obviously, is the length of the runway. As Ross said, you have a very long runway here, which makes it very attractive for us because we have to have a minimum uh, runway distance to be able to land. But then the second thing is we have to be able to make sure that we believe we can pass the FAA license requirements for being able to land, which means we have to have a reentry uh, uh, flight path that doesn't pass over populated, densely populated areas. Uh, it has to be a safe return. Uh, there's very stringent requirements by the FAA, which we have to get a license from our FAA as well as from your own regulatory agency to be able to land our vehicle. Uh, so we are looking for spaceports that look like they will be able to provide uh, very good landing opportunities from different orbits uh, that we might be bringing the vehicle back from. And so the, the initial study that we actually just completed was to look at those two factors. Is, is the runway uh, adequate in length and width, and do they have the right kind of uh, uh, capabilities at the airport? And do we think that there will be a very conducive way to land our vehicle from different uh, orbital regimes at, at the airport? And uh, Cornwall passed both of those with flying colors. And then the next things we will look at is, is sort of the infrastructure around the uh, spaceport. First of all, we want to see community support. Uh, the last thing we want to do is come into an area where the community is not supportive of the spaceport concept and, and having space vehicles land there. So that's a big part of what we want to do is make sure we fit well into the community. And then the second part is the economic development uh, aspects. Are there capabilities in terms of universities and a skilled workforce and engineering capabilities that they could start to develop the ground infrastructure that would support the things coming back from space, which is just what Ross mentioned, is we're going to have very critical science payloads coming back from space. And some of those payloads need to have uh, attention on those payloads immediately, and there needs to be ground infrastructure. So is there a, an interest, a desire, and a capability of the local industry to grow to be an economic uh, development capability for us. So all of those so far, we've checked the box here at Cornwall. Yeah, well, I can certainly see there's a rather an awful lot of sea. If you get the right angle coming into Newquay, you basically just can be on on you know sea for almost indefinitely. Um, so yes, I can see that there's a really good fit from that perspective. And, you know, you've laid the groundwork now. What, what are going to be the first sort of highlights over the next sort of months, perhaps years, that we should be looking forward to to hear about? And, and the Tech Britannia readers and listeners and viewers will be able to hear more about in the, in the months and years to come. Mm -hmm. Ross, do you want to just highlight perhaps some of the spaceport stuff? And then yeah. John well, can talk I mean, a little a bit separate, about the 
Dream team. The first exciting thing that will happen, so in early 2022, is when we'll see that first launch. So the first oh. launch with Virgin Orb at the spaceport, the first orbital launch from uh, Sovereign Soil. You know, we're in Cornwall, we used to put on great tourism events, so we have a big three-day festival celebrating everything that's great about British space, you know, get as many stakeholders around there as possible, have a really celebratory moment. But as well as being an exciting time and, you know, to repay the support that all the local community have given us throughout this process, it's also important um, from an operational capability and also to help stimulate the customer demand and the market in the UK. So it's very important on an economic point of view, but we'll also make sure we have a lot of fun. Um, and then we can hand over to hopefully some of the things that Sierra, the, Sierra Space will be able to do with us in the future in the sort of more medium to long term. Mm -hmm. And uh, of course, the big exciting thing for us is going to be our first launch to the International Space Station for NASA, which is going to take place next year. So we're in the uh, final processes of getting the vehicle assembled and, and ready to support that launch next year. Uh, that will be landing at uh, Kennedy at the shuttle landing facility. But we're hoping that once we have that preliminary launch done and we've demonstrated the capabilities of the vehicle, we're going to have also a number of commercial customers that are interested in flying payloads, whether those payloads go to the International Space Station or they stay on the Dream Chaser and we do a, what we call a free-flying science mission where we can actually operate those payloads on the vehicle and we don't ever have to dock to the International Space Station. And those are the missions that would be most likely to be landing at alternate landing sites in the future. So rather than coming back to, to uh, the shuttle landing facility, they would be most likely using alternate landing sites like Cornwall. Uh, and the next step in terms of our partnership, we've done what we consider to be the preliminary analysis of, of Cornwall as an adequate spaceport uh, we passed that. We've decided that, yes, it, it, it is good opportunity to do a landing here. And the next step would be to, to initiate a formal program to go through the FAA licensing uh, so that we could actually license the uh, vehicle to land at Cornwall in the future. Great. And what type of timescale do you think we're going to be looking at for that, John? Before we know, when might we see a, a dream chaser coming in to land in Newquay? Yes, I, I wish I want to put you in the hot seat really there, soon. But I am. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll tell you, it the FAA process is, uh, as you can imagine, uh, to get the rights to land an orbital vehicle uh, at, at a spaceport or an airport. There's a lot of uh, hurdles that we need to go through to get that licensing done. And in fact, we're going to be the first company that is ever going through the FAA process to license a runway landing space vehicle. Uh, because the space shuttle, because it was flown for NASA, never had to have a commercial FAA license. So we're going to be the first vehicle that's ever gone through the licensing process. And we're, we're doing a lot of that uh, in terms of our shuttle landing, because we have to do the same licensing process actually to land at, even at Kennedy Space Center. Uh, so we're, we're learning a lot as we go through that. But of course, adding the complication of landing in another country means that we have to go through that process for the first time. Uh, so we're going to be going through the process to, to uh, work that with the FAA. And in parallel, then we also have to work with the authorities in the UK uh, to get licensing from the UK to land. So it's, it's a dual licensing process. Both the FAA have to license the landing and the UK will have to license the landing. And, uh, and the UK is still a little bit in its infancy in terms of the licensing requirements. So uh, I would imagine it's going to take a few years before we can actually get a license in place for Cornwall. But it sounds like there should be some interesting things happening. 
Tell us a little bit about these um, in-flight science missions, the scientific experiments we might see. Can you give an insight, John, into the types of things that we might be seeing coming into Cornwall in, say, two or three years' time? Sure. There, there's a, a variety of, of payload types that we can fly. And what we, what we call mm. these are powered payloads. Uh, a lot of payloads you would just think of like you put it in a truck and you carry it somewhere else. And that's how a lot of the things are done to the International Space Station is we load the vehicle with cargo uh, and the cargo are in bags and we take them up to the space station. We unload them on the space station and then the astronauts actually connect the experiments and, and they run the experiments on the station. In a free flying science mission, we actually have uh, racks of, of onboard the vehicle and we can plug the experiments directly into the racks and they are powered up on the vehicle. So the experiments can be run while we are orbiting uh, the earth in, in different orbit regimes. Uh, so those are actual experiments that can take place without having the interaction of an astronaut from the ground. And we can turn those experiments on remotely from the ground. We can turn the experiments off. We can download data uh, coming off of the uh, payloads uh, in real time so that the scientists on the ground can see what's happening with their experiments. And these could be uh, pharmaceutical payloads, biologic payloads, uh, material sciences. Uh, we could be doing rodent research. Uh, any of the things that they do on the International Space Station, we could duplicate in a similar environment on board the vehicle. Sounds very exciting. I'm interested to see how that all pans out. But oh, can we wait that long? It's all. What will we see in the short term, though? I guess we'll be seeing a little bit more of you, John, as you uh, spend some more time in, in Cornwall with the other members of the Sierra team. And Ross, have you booked your, your flights over to um, America yet? Or just because I, I feel that you should be spending a little bit of time in yeah, after the year we've all had, no, definitely. But yeah, I think as far as next steps are concerned, like John was saying, so this is a, an initial CONOX operation, which the UK Space Agency funded. Um, and even though the UK as it stands, we don't have any spaceflight regulations. That's what's mm. going through at the moment and um, will be ready by the end of the year. One of the key things about this is to ensure that vehicles such as Dream Chaser are included in the regulations that the UK Space Agency um, will announce. So that's why, you know, even though we're, you know, five years out before we, we, we potentially see Dream Chaser in Cornwall, there's lots of useful things that we can do in the immediate term, as well as working together on, you know, like I said, a lot of the infrastructure that we're building out in the moment. So you might not see Dream Chaser in Newquay for a while, but you might see some of the Sierra Space guys down. Yeah. Um, and, um, and yeah, we're actively working together from, from right now or from 24 months ago. <laughs> Yeah, I, I've got to give credit to, to the Cornwall Spaceport folks. This is a long process. Uh, it's not something that happens overnight. And you have to have the foresight and, and to believe in what you're doing in order to start this process of, of licensing. But uh, the, the good news is once the Spaceport is licensed, then it the, the time it takes to actually have a mission to land there is is very quick. Uh, because we can plan to land in Cornwall because it's already a licensed spaceport where it may take another spaceport two or more years to then go through the licensing process. So I think uh, I think they've had a lot of uh, forward thinking here and uh, the management of the spaceport's been great to work with and we're very excited to be part of this. 
Great. Definitely sounds like preparation is meeting opportunity here for you guys. And congratulations on your collaboration. And it's a very exciting time, both, you know, for what's going to be happening in space over the, you know, the years and decades to come. And obviously very exciting for Cornwall in the UK. So thanks very much for for sharing what you guys have got planned. And yeah, we look forward to hearing more over the, you know, the months to come. And enjoy the rest of your time in Cornwall, John. And and just to quickly, just to round things off, what's the vibe like in Cornwall at the moment for the G7? Because this is all rather putting Cornwall on the map, um, I think. Yeah. And obviously as a Cornish lady, I'm very, very proud of my home county. So uh, it's good to good to see this. But um, G7, we're on the world stage. We've got yeah. Yeah, talking about a, space flight. You know, there's, a, there's an amazing buzz because, of course, the actual uh, summit is going on in Carbis Bay in St Ives, um, and you know, limited yep. opportunity to get close to that, as you'd imagine, with the world leaders. But there's stuff going uh, on all over Cornwall. So we're in Falmouth. We've got an environmental intelligence conference down at Goonhilly tomorrow. The offshore floating wind guys have got a big showcase going on. So all the the innovative industries that are putting Cornwall on the sort of like you know the modern map. Um, you know, like we were 150 years ago in Red Ruth, like Rose, where you were from with mining. It's a big celebration mm. of everything that's going on now, really showcasing our sustainability. And the great thing for us in the space sector is that space enables and underpins all of these other sectors from the intelligence we get from satellites. So, yeah, great vibe. It feels a bit like, you know, Boardmasters is happening all over Cornwall at the moment. It's like you're very happy people. In a techie sort of way. It's, yeah, so techie Boardmasters. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, I'm liking the sound of that. Thank you so much, gentlemen. Thank you, John Roth from Aerospace. And thank you, Ross Holbert from Spaceport Cornwall. And you've been listening. We are Tech Britannia, hearing what's going on at the G7, but also very excitingly, what's going to be happening in Newquay in Cornwall over the coming years as spaceflight is coming to the UK. Thank you, gentlemen. Enjoy the rest of your day, John. And thanks, Ross. I look forward to meeting up with you in Newquay very soon. Thank you. Perfect. Thank you.